With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. What's God Got to Do With It? And I'm really excited to share this series called Acting As If, which in a way is the origin story of the God Pod. So I had the incredible opportunity to join forces with the amazing Amy Brown for a series called Acting As If, which literally came to be on a walk on a trail here in Nashville when Amy was like, okay, Leanne, what is the deal with this idea of acting as if? And I kind of believe in it, but it's definitely not as easy as it seems. You know, can you break it down for me? And I was like, oh, girl, you have no idea. I love this stuff because unbeknownst to her, I'd been teaching my own version of belief shifting to my clients who, just like her, trying to act as if or use fake positivity and feel good affirmations and fake it till you make it mantras, it just did not work, not in the long run, at least. And that is where this four part series was born. Inside Acting As If, Amy and I explored the science behind shifting beliefs, and we dove deep into strategies to break free from negativity, even if positive thinking and acting as if has never worked for you in the past. And we laid it out step by step, teaching you how to nurture a brain that's not just emotionally healthy, but also how to become emotionally available to yourself, which we talk about all the time here on The God Pod. In other words, it's a journey into understanding the power of our thoughts and how to leverage them to influence our beliefs, our feelings, and our behaviors. It's the crash course in transformation that I wish somebody had taught me decades ago. Little did we know then that this series would be the unexpected catalyst for what is now the What's God Got to Do With It podcast, which I can only describe as a God thing because Amy and I had no idea when she first brought up the idea for this series. So while What's God Got to Do With It explores the intersection of faith and science, acting as if focuses more on the science of belief. So without further ado, let's dive into the four-part series, Acting As If. All right, here we are, Leanne, acting as if time for the feelings. Yes. So part one was the thinking, part two is the feeling. So I'll let you take it away. Yeah, and I think this is honestly one of the most important parts of this. It's the part that gets skipped over the most. It's the part that I skipped over the most because I didn't know what I didn't know and was honestly disassociated from feelings or I was numbed out or checked out. And so we talked about in part one how every single thought causes a feeling. 
not the other way around. And we think that our circumstance, or at least I used to think my circumstance is causing a feeling. And it's like, no, my thoughts about the circumstance are causing the feeling. And we took a look at many examples of how you can choose a different thought and it literally creates a completely different cascade. And it's black and white. It is night and day. And so when we're talking about feeling and coming back to this idea of acting as if, okay, when I say positive thinking and acting as if doesn't work, I don't mean that it doesn't work period, full stop. But what I'm saying is if you are running up against old beliefs or you don't believe what you say or you don't feel what you say, it's not gonna download or it's gonna be very hard, long and a very resisted road to get it there, okay? Because your self-image knows how you really feel. So before you can go air quotes, act as if or believe a new reality, it's got to feel good. It's got to feel true and it's got to resonate. And so here's what I mean by that. Let's talk about how all this works on a nervous system level real quickly. So first off, your nervous system is paying attention to your thoughts and how you feel. And it can't always tell the difference between a real and an imagined experience. So for example, let's just play around for a second. Close your eyes if you can. And if you can, just place your hand on your belly for just a second and just picture that your belly, every time you breathe in, your belly is expanding like a big balloon. And every time you breathe out, your belly is contracting and the air is going out of that balloon. And for a lot of us, it's actually the opposite. We suck it in and we breathe in. But every time you breathe in, picture a big balloon expanding. And every time you breathe out, that balloon is contracting. And now let's just play around with your nervous system. So let's add some color, some texture, some taste, some smell. So for example, every time you breathe in, just picture that balloon expanding and imagine it's a cool, crisp, blue, pepperminty air. And every time you breathe out, imagine it's a red, hot, fiery, cinnamony air. So let's just do that one more time. Breathe it in. Your belly expands like a big balloon. It's I, a, I'm doing this, by the way. There you go. It's <laughs> okay. a cool, crisp, blue, pepperminty air. And every time you breathe out, it's a red, hot, fiery, cinnamony air. Okay, so go ahead and open your eyes. And here's the thing. There's no peppermint where you are right now, most likely. And there's no blue air where you are right now, but your nervous system has a map for it. So it could experience the cool, crisp, blue, pepperminty air to an extent. And it could experience the red, hot, fiery, cinnamony air to an extent. So your nervous system cannot tell the difference fully between a real and an imagined experience. So just imagine what's happening in your nervous system when you are picturing dread or fear, or worry, or shame, just with your words and your thoughts. Our words create a reality. And so the way I kind of teach this to my clients is every thought and feeling has a physical, chemical, biological response and kind of like a frequency in your nervous system. And it's actually a very well-researched, well-known science. It's just not often talked about in the mainstream world. But on top of that, thoughts can lay down two very different types of things called neuro association. So let me just explain what that big word means, okay? So if you say something to yourself that does not feel true or it does not resonate or you're outright kind of calling BS on it, your brain will lay down something called negative neuro associations alongside that thought, okay? So when you act as if, but you don't believe it or it doesn't resonate, or you're secretly doubting it, you're actually laying down negative neuro associations alongside that thought. And so that lie or that untruth is actually working against you 
when it comes to transforming your brain and it's not going to stick inside your brain. Okay. So it's totally counterproductive. Exactly. Or it's just going to create a lot more resistance. You're going to need a lot more repetitions. You're going to need a lot of other factors and maybe it'll eventually work, but we don't know. It's I'm like picturing a- those like um, resistance bands that you put on your legs to like stretch out and they have light, medium, yes. you know, heavy or yeah. the res- how hard it is to pull apart. And I'm thinking if you've got a row of people with those on, some people might be like, woo, I Ooh, can do this yep. easy, no problem. And then other people are like, what? Why is this so hard yeah. for me to move my legs? I like a good visual. And yeah. so I'm like, oh, and that's when the comparison can come in. Totally. So don't even be like, well, they're able to do that. Yeah. Like I could look at Leanne because she's got all this down and I'm still in the process of really trying to work through some things. And it's been months and months. So be patient with yourself. But I could look at Leanne with her easy little legs, like going, woo, this is, <laughs> what's this band? It's no problem. Or I could be like, okay, wow, that is awesome for me to see because I know it's possible for me to get there too. Yeah. And the data of that is I have a lot more neuro associations alongside the new beliefs, right? right. And the new thoughts. So coming back to this idea that when we lie or our self-image just doesn't believe it, we're laying down those negative neuro associations in our brain. But on the flip side, if you meet yourself in your doubt and in your unbelief and use words and language that actually feels true, then you're going to lay down positive neuro associations in your brain. And your brain can actually, if I'm going to get geeky for a second, move it from the short-term prefrontal cortex part of your brain to the long-term, it's called the striatum down in the basal ganglia, where all of the long-term, like always have them default patterns and habits go. But in order for that to happen, enough positive neuro associations need to be laid down. Like essentially, if I were to bottom line it, when you are laying down negative neuro associations, your long-term brain kind of knows like, oh, she's not gonna be using this very long. We don't need to take it to our long-term part of our brain. And it doesn't really download. And again, this is an oversimplification of how this works, but negative neuro associations will air quotes, sabotage your ability to lay down new beliefs. You must have these positive neuro associations if you wanna have them effortlessly, the very easy resistance band metaphor as you were talking about. And even if we're using that metaphor with the negative neuro associations, it's not just that it's the heavy resistance band. It's if it ever works, like it's a question mark. You don't know. All right. I'm pretty sure we're going to get to this, but I, I want to give people specific examples of what they can tell themselves so that, because some of this, yeah. I could see people like, okay, this is a little overwhelming. I'm out. Right. But hey, if you keep telling yourself it's overwhelming, it's going to be overwhelming. Yes, but exactly. if you believe that it's doable, it's doable. And you can think it, then you got to feel it, then you got to believe it, then you got to do it. <laughs> yes. See what I did there? I see. So I, I just want to make sure we're going to get to like specific examples of what we can say to ourselves because I need that. Like yeah. I almost need like a post-it on my mirror to remind me of when I have like any type of negative thought trying to mess with my positive thought, I need to know how to counter it right away. Absolutely. So I'm going to walk you through a specific three-part process in part three of this. But in the meantime, and I am going to give you a post-it note thought, by the way, that's going to work for everything. But dun, 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 we'll get to that in part three. But here's what I will do. I'll share with you a non-example to just really show you how this works. So the example is, I hate my body. That's a lot of women experience that. A lot of men experience that. I hate my body is the belief, right? But what the delusional optimism or positive thinking version of us thinks we're supposed to go believe is, no, I love my body. It's too big of a jump 
your self-image, if you're really thinking, I hate my body, I hate my body, I hate my body, saying, no, I love my body. My body is strong. It's amazing. I love it. It's probably too big of a jump. And so what would the better belief be? We'll talk about that in the believing side of it. Okay. So we'll get there with very specific examples, but that's good to know because I think that's where we get tripped up. Right. It's like, well, shoot, this didn't work. Right. But we were trying to like swim a mile when we've never swam before. Yeah. It's, it's meeting ourselves in our doubt, meeting ourselves where we are instead of trying to convince or persuade or coerce ourselves to believe something that we really deep down don't believe. And remember your brain knows. And when it doesn't believe it, it doesn't feel it. It doesn't resonate. It is going to lay down negative neuro association. So even if you had a light resistance band, it can actually add more resistance when you're kind of lying to yourself because of the new beliefs that you just mentioned of like, great, this is another thing that didn't work for me or great positive thinking work for them, but not for me. I must be really messed up. Gotcha. Yeah. It's so fascinating what's happening in our subconscious mind and all that's at work. Totally. (laughs) When we're not even paying attention. Like really, we are meaning making machines. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. So now you have this understanding that A, your thoughts have a physical, chemical, biological response, right? And I'm gonna talk about that right now. But also now you know that those thoughts are also creating either negative associations or positive associations in your brain. And the negative neuro associations will hinder your ability to learn a new thought. And the positive neuro associations will like put it into overdrive and speed it up. So if you can simply just create this awareness that every thought and feeling you emit has a frequency and start influencing your thought through those eyes and meeting yourself where you are. And we're going to talk about that specifically in part three, but everything can change for you. But first I want to just kind of show you visually what, when this comes to your emotions and because again, this is part two feeling, right? And I'm going to refer to a visual because I'm a visual person, but it's in your cheat sheets. It's in those flashcards over on leanneellington.com slash acting as if, and we'll put it in the show notes. But um, there's something called the emotional guidance scale or the emotional frequency scale. And basically you'll see visually there's this upward spiral, right? Of like good feeling, positive feeling emotions. And then there's that downward spiral of emotions. And what this visual shows, and if you're looking at it, basically joy and appreciation and empowerment and love have the highest physical vibration and frequency. Okay, so think about what we just talked about in your nervous system. Like the feel, like when you imagine how your nervous system is feeling, when you're feeling joy, love, empowerment, all those things versus fear and powerlessness and shame and unworthiness have the lowest frequency. So again, physiologically, we can, again, for all of my logic and reason people that are like, wait a minute, this feeling stuff sounds out of touch. I just want you to see that there is this physical, it's physical and metaphysical when you're feeling or not feeling and then the downward spiral or the upward spiral that we talked about back in thinking. So again, it's happening whether or not you know it or whether or not you like it, you're creating feelings from your thoughts. But I also wanted you to understand what's happening on a nervous system level, what's happening on a physiological level. But then also if when we're talking about laying down new beliefs, which we're gonna talk about specifically in the next part, you've got to believe it because your nervous system knows. Your nervous system knows. Well, and I'm thinking too of you're stressed out. You may notice how your body responds. Everybody's a little bit different. Some people might feel it in their chest. Some people may 
feel very bloated because you're not digesting food very well, whatever it is, you, you will start to be able to look for signs in your body, or at least I did when I started paying attention. And so if you're like, wow, if my body's responding to this stress, that's that's a, that's all you need to know and how your body's reacting to thoughts or circumstances or things that are happening. And so what I also love to think about is sometimes people think this is a little woo-woo, even though Leanne's giving us the science and you're like, oh, how can my thoughts really make me feel better? Well, if you believe that your thoughts can give you a stomach ache or you know chest pains or insert whatever else shows up for you, body keeps the score, then you have to believe that it can also do the opposite. Absolutely, yeah. And again, this is where we're going to be able to use acting as if to our benefit because we talked about how your nervous system can't really tell the difference between a real and an imagined experience. So this is why I wanted to really bring in this feeling part of it because if you can connect and become aware and start paying attention to the physiological part of this, the mental, emotional part of it, how it's all three-dimensionally involved and it's not just this, you know, words thing, (laughs) then it can all come together for you. And it's really the glue that kind of brings it all together. Glue. Glue. Well, that's why this is four parts. These are the four parts that are absolutely necessary. Each one has to be glued to the next. Yeah, absolutely. And do they have to be all in the same order? It's all interchangeable, but it's like you kind of want them all to be there. Okay. And again, for less resistance and just more easeability is the word that maybe I just made up. Sounds good to me. Yeah, it works. I if believe we say, it. If we say it works, if we act as if it works, it works. Believability, yeah. done. But you know, you you called the graphic, it's the emotional frequency scale. So can you talk about frequency? Because I'm paying more attention to energy and the energy I'm bringing into a room. When you walk into a room and you feel energy from others, I would assume like, is that scale depending on if you're spiraling up or down, others are also picking up on that frequency? Yeah. So if you maybe identify as being an empath, I definitely over the years have a heightened sense of other people's emotions. There is a frequency being emitted. So when you think about just like sound emits a frequency or just like light emits a frequency, radio or ultraviolet waves emit a frequency, a thought vibrates in its own frequency. And that's what that scale that you just referred to is showing. And so there's going to be like a neutral frequency is going to have, and I don't know what the actual numbers are for it, And then a positive, air quotes positive, because again, no emotion is positive or negative. They all have their place, but some of them feel better than others, right? When I say positive and negative, but the negative emotions are going to have a lower frequency. Even just think about like high vibe, vibration, it's emitting that frequency. It's a higher frequency on the scale. So that's why we say, oh, I'm I'm so low vibes right now. I can feel my low vibes. And when I brought it into other people and- (laughs) There's times where I've removed myself from totally. like the kitchen. If I feel like having a meeting about something and I'm like, I'm low vibes. I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to remove myself for like five minutes and go meditate and try to come back with higher vibes because I literally don't want to pass on my low vibes. A thousand percent. <laughs> and it really is this thing, especially, and it's, it's so subjective, objective, depending on if you're somebody that feels it, but I'm the same way. I'm like, if I'm going to be an energy sucker, an energy vampire, I'm going to just do everybody a favor and remove myself until I'm ready because I know that my thoughts are creating and an emitting a frequency and an energy. And if anyone is as in tune as I am, they're going to feel it. And so part of it is, th- that's why we're talking about it, is create that awareness so that you can take responsibility for it. And again, it's happening either way, whether you know it or not or like it or not. 
Yeah. And some of the feelings and me being in tune with it is new because of the work I've been doing and because I'm not numbing out in other ways. And I have that awareness, awareness. And I make mental notes every time I feel something like, okay, even if it is a feeling that feels less than, I'm trying not to say negative. Yeah. We've got the positive and the negative. Feeling even that doesn't it, feel good. Even if it doesn't feel good, I celebrate the fact that I recognized it. And if it feels positive, I also celebrate because then I know I'm more likely to continue to recognize because I just don't want to go back to a place where I was emitting frequencies or talking in a way or speaking in a way or having relationships in a way where I wasn't my highest version of myself. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why it's also so important to give voice to our air quotes, negative emotions as just data of like, Hey, I'm feeling some shame right now. Like I don't have to like it, but Mm -hmm. this is what's happening as opposed to not identifying it, suppressing it, repressing it, shoving it down. And that actually brings us to the last thing I wanted to touch on for the feeling side of it. So there's this visual and it's from Chip Dodd who wrote The Voice of the Heart and he's brilliant and he's really helped me have an understanding of emotions. And one of the aspects of this, and there's this chart that I put in the resources for you all to have access to, is that for every, and again, I'm putting negative emotion in air quotes, we're talking about these emotions that don't feel good, but this actually contributes to that argument, so to speak, that they have a place. So he says that every negative emotion has what he calls an impairment meaning negative consequences, if they're not properly attended to and taken care of. And what the words that I use with my clients are like, are we being emotionally available to ourselves in those moments? Because again, if we are just ignoring it, shoving it down, or maybe we have shame about our shame or shame about our sadness or whatever, we're not attending to it and it's going unattended and then it festers. And that's what he calls a negative impairment or like a negative consequence to these emotions that don't get attended to. But the flip side, and this is my favorite part about it, is that if you do attend to them and you know how to foster and accept and direct them, he calls it a gift. Every emotion has a gift. So I'll just give you a couple examples from this chart. And again, it's it's in your resources. But for example, hurt, that's the feeling. That's the data. The truth is I'm hurt. I'm feeling hurt. And the negative impairment, if you don't address the hurt, it turns into resentment. But if you address it and you attend to it and you care for it and nurture it, hurt can actually turn into healing and courage. That's the gift as he calls it. There's others, you know, guilt, for example, if you're feeling guilt, like I don't like that I just did that. The negative impairment, if you don't attend to it or you ignore it or you let it fester is it turns into toxic shame and shamelessness. But if you attend to that guilt and you are emotionally available to that guilt, the gift that it can give you is freedom and forgiveness. He goes in depth about all of this in his book, The Voice of the Heart. But this visual, I just wanted to share with everyone because it was really impactful for me to see, okay, the data is I'm gonna have these emotions regardless because I'm human. And again, giving ourselves permission to be human. But there's a gift. If I can learn how to be emotionally available to what I'm feeling, and first, obviously, we discussed it involves being aware and paying attention to what we're feeling and not skipping over it, shoving it down, all of that. And also notice when we're not feeling something because we know the repercussions, so to speak, of not believing what we're saying and not having resonance. But again, these emotions all have a place. They're trying to teach us something and there's a gift if we can actually attune to them. It makes me think of the TikTok Chanel cheesecake analogy. Have you seen that? No. Oh, it's so good. Kat and I have talked about it on the fifth thing and we played it before, but just to paraphrase it, she talks about having the Chanel bag 
And I love that she used uh, an expensive di- designer purse because she's saying you wouldn't do this to a three thousand dollar purse. So why would you do this to your body, which is more precious than a purse, right? And so she talks about putting a piece of cheesecake in there and zipping it up. And a week later, what is going on with that cheesecake? Well, you definitely wouldn't eat it or it would make you sick. And so the cheesecake is representing everything you're suppressing and putting down. And you think you dealt with it because you zipped it up, but really it's leaking throughout your body and it becomes very toxic to you. And so that is a perfect example of this. Yeah. It's the cheesecake in the purse that unattended to it festers. It's toxic. And if you attend to it, it's like, wow, I just opened my purse and I have cheesecake. What a gift. (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't leave it in here long. So I get to eat it. (laughs) Exactly. Five second roll. Yeah. Get a fork. (laughs) Love it. Awesome. So yeah, that is it for the feeling side of it. We are going to get into the believing side of it, which is really, you know, the next big mover of all this acting as if stuff in part three. There you go. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Acting As If. And don't forget that all the resources mentioned in this episode can be found over at leannellington.com slash acting as if. And we'll be back with more What's God Got to Do With It. But in the meantime, I would love to hear from you. So tell me about where you are in your story. You know, what questions you have? Where do you feel like you need clarity or wisdom in your own journey? I definitely want to hear from you. So head on over to what's God got to do with it.com and scroll down to the forum to share your thoughts, questions, or feedback instantly. That's what's God got to do with it.com. And if you like this podcast and want to hear more, follow, like, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to get your weekly dose of what's God got to do with it. New episodes drop every Tuesday. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review to show your support. It really means so much. What's God Got to Do With It is an iHeartRadio podcast on the Amy Brown Podcast Network. It's written and hosted by me, Leanne Ellington. Executive produced by Elizabeth Fazio. Post-production and editing by Houston Tilly. And original music written by Cheryl Stark and produced by Adam Stark. Adam Stark.